Welcome to Launching Life at 60, a podcast aimed at people in their 60s embarking on a big transition in their life to follow their passion and dreams. I'm Nobuko, your host, who's trying to do precisely that at 60. I'm trying to become an inspirational A-level economics teacher after career in financial journalism and banking. And my guest today is Stephen Durham, a master poster, a posterer of over 30 years experience, who at the age of 54 has just launched a new career as a podcaster, starting a show called Radical Turnaround. He's also a portrait artist and lives and works in Halifax. Well, welcome to my show, Stephen. Thank you. You named your show Radical Turnaround. I listened to it and it's great. And it's precisely that radical turnaround. That, what, that's what you're going through, isn't it? Transitioning um, from upholstering to podcasting. So what gave you the courage to do that? What was the impetus? Um, well, I've been wanting to do something like this for oh, a number of years now. Um, I've been an upholsterer for a large part of my life um, and I've enjoyed being an upholsterer. But there's always been something there in the back of my mind. I've always enjoyed learning and learning new things. And uh, over the last five, six years, um, I've once discovering podcasts, and that's obviously what we're going to be doing, um, and listening to all different sorts of podcasts. It's opened my mind up to loads and loads of different ideas and sent me on a new a new path. And then obviously I came across Brian Rose and, and Broadcast Yourself, and uh and that's what sort of like gave me the courage to move forward and, and do something completely different. So inspiration from other, other podcasters? Yes, without a doubt, yeah. Um, you can learn so much from, from a, a podcast. There's a podcast on every single, every single subject you can think of that you can find a podcast on it. So, so yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're a good way to spend your, uh, your time, whether you're driving in a car or whatever. But was there fear or was there, I don't know, hesitation that you had to overcome to take this step? Uh, yeah, loads and loads, to be, to be honest with you. Um, as I say, it's, it's something that I've been wanting to do for, not necessarily podcasts, but something to do with sharing, obviously, the knowledge that I've, that I've gained, some way to, uh, to try and get, get that out there because I've realized that there's so much information that can benefit the average person, um, but not knowing how to express that. Talking to my friends, maybe down the pub or while playing a game of golf, you can't really talk about deep, deep issues, really. Um, and they are issues that affect everybody. And that's obviously what I want to get out, but with no platform to do it. So... I think podcasting, obviously what I've been listening to is a, is a fabulous way to get it out there. So, so hopefully this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm not necessarily going to be packing in a upholstery. Obviously, I've got to earn a living at the moment, but, but this is something that I am passionate about and something that I really want to do. So I'm going to run this, obviously, alongside my business, and then who knows what might happen in the future. But um, can, you, can you share with me us? some of the fear, some of the obstacles that you had to overcome to take this step? Um, probably the obstacles that a lot, a lot of people face when they, most people face when, they, when they're thinking about doing something 
radically, <laughs> radically, dif- radically different. Um, obviously, you grew up in a certain environment and you mix with certain people from that environment and you sort of like maybe build up a certain persona of yourself or put yourself across in a certain way. Um, and then all of a sudden you're doing something completely different or decided to do some, something completely different. And maybe a big fear of mine and something that's probably held me back for so long is what other people, what are other people going to think um, of me doing this? Am I going to make a fool of myself? All, all, all these things. Have I got the, um, the knowledge and the, the sticking power and the determination to, to do something like this, even though it's difficult, even though you're putting yourself out there and maybe putting yourself out there to be, to be ridiculed or whatever. I'm not saying I'm going to be ridiculed, obviously, but I'm not that bad, I don't think. But, but you know what I'm saying, obviously. And uh, what are your friends saying about you now? You've had three episodes published. It's mostly positive, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely opposite to what you think, obviously. <laughs> People recognise if you're doing something and it's coming from a from a good place, uh, and obviously, my part of my podcast it's called the Radical Turnaround, and it's about really um, based on people of my my age, uh, based based men of of my age, um, but not necessarily just for men of my age, but um, that get to a stage in their life where they, they feel like I did. Where do I go? Where do I go from here? Uh, is that it? Am I just going to coast now through on to, until you know retirement and and just so you know and to to, to death maybe? <laughs> or or am I spent? Have I done my job? Have I brought my family up and and everything else? Or is there more? And um, what my podcast is going to be about is to say, uh, look, just because you're in your late forties, fifties, even sixties, you've still got so much more. To, to give there's so much more to learn and there's, there's so much more to um to do in in life and it's not spent this could be the the best part of your life the complete a complete turning point in your life where you mo- move on and have the best part of your life i met someone who said who told me that um although physically we might age we don't change inside do you feel that definitely really okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without a, without a doubt, I'd consider myself um, still a man child, <laughs> really. Uh, <laughs> I keep saying still, I still don't know, or I've been saying this. Hopefully, I've found what it is I want to be. But I've been saying for for years, even up until quite recently, I still don't know what, what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> well, have you enjoyed podcasting so far? It's been what it's, you thought it would be. Um, I'm enjoying the actual podcasting part of it, mm-hmm. the actual doing it and the actual interviewing people. I'm getting more comfortable interviewing people, mm-hmm. and hopefully, I'm going to get some some really interesting people to to interview in in the future from all different fields that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actual me interviewing people, I actually like that. But the whole process, the the rest of it, mm-hmm. um, I think it's something. Obviously, I'm going to learn to enjoy more. But initially starting off and not all the the work we've had to to do and and the technology to get to grips with and everything else that's been difficult for me but the actual podcasting bit which is obviously what this is about Mm. um that has been enjoyable yeah i really enjoy talking to people i really enjoy 
picking people's brains, finding out what they know, what I don't know, and um, things that they, they've got in their their mind that can they can share with other people as well. That's what I'm trying to get to get out of other people that have got a lot more knowledge on a subject than I have, that, but that I that I'm really interested in. You told me that uh, through years of soul searching that you've done, um, you 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 learned that life is giving. So what do you want to give through podcasting? Um, just give of myself, really. Um, yeah, this last seven years since I split with my wife, Michelle, uh, seven years or so, I have been doing a lot of uh, soul searching um, in all different sorts of ways, going in, going inside. Um, and I've become fascinated in, in, in just the human psyche, just how humans think, how we think as, as, as people. Um, so, yeah, it has been a, it has been a, a real a real journey over these uh, over these past five six six years. I'm sorry, I've, I've actually forgot the initial question that you asked me. <laughs> what do you want to give? Or what do I want to give? Yeah. So, as as I said, I've done all this soul search and I've realised that um, we're all basically the, the same. We've all got the same fears, hopes. Um, Fundamentally, we, we are the same, but a lot of people are not actually conscious of just just how much they are, are capable of. Because I think that's what one thing I have realised that we're all capable of so much more, so so much more than than we than we think. Um, and also, this this body, this human body, is is, is an unbelievable thing. I don't think modern medicine. Um, I know that I'm, this is going off track a little bit. I don't think modern medicine. Um, I think modern medicine is is fabulous. It's great. It's um, the innovations in, in modern medicine have, have saved millions and millions of lives. But I think that's more for um, for trauma preventing for, for preventing death. Uh, I think that most most of the the ailments that humans have now are a result of modern living. So what modern medicine is doing, it's just masking the symptoms or. or um, when the symptoms get severe, um, saving people's lives and stuff like that, which is which is great, but it's as a result of of our modern living. And when you come to realise that, and come to realise that there's so many other ways of of living and ways of keeping healthy and ways of preventing all these diseases that that you know that a lot of people suffer from now, heart disease, um, mental illness, so on and so forth, that there are better ways. So that's what I want. To, that's what I want to give of myself the knowledge that I've gained over this this period of time, and I don't even realise how much knowledge until I actually start speaking about it that I've actually gained. It's not just over this like five seven years. I've always been I've always been curious, but over this five seven years, that's all I've been doing because I work on my own is all day long, just gathering this information because it fascinates me. It fascinates me just what we are capable of. So that's what I want to give to the world. I want to share. And let the each individual human being that ordinarily wouldn't get hold of this information, not ordinarily wouldn't even think of, of things like this. People that I've grown up with, um, people that don't necessarily watch podcasts, so they just listen to the mainstream news. But Stephen, get... if I may say so, you know, there are experts that you've listened to who can give you this information. But what can you add? What is your value added that other podcast, other experts on spirituality can't give. 
that you want to give? Um, I don't necessarily think it's what I want to, to give. I've got, I've got knowledge on all, all these subjects, quite a bit of knowledge on all these subjects, but I'm by, by no means, I'm by no means uh, an expert. Um, so I think my, my job, what I want to do is, is facilitate um, or maybe ask questions to these people that, that um, ordinarily wouldn't get asked or be able to put things across in more of a palatable way for, for people as I said, that ordinarily wouldn't listen to these things and sort of like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying dumb it down, but sometimes things have got to be dumbed down for me. Some things that, you know, that I, I listen to for ages and all of a sudden grasp the concept of it, then I can dilute that and make it more understandable for, for just the average person. Um, to get it, basically to get it across to people that ordinarily just, to, like for example, meditation. Yeah, people's idea, the, the average person's idea or the people that I know, well, just the average person in general is that it's something, I know that, that meditation is getting more and more popular now. It's getting more and more mainstream. There's a lot, loads and loads of apps and, and things out there on, on YouTube and stuff. But people's idea of what meditation is, I still think is something that maybe um, you've got to be spiritual or that monks do or that you've got to, practice for for ages and, and and you know be a specific you know a hippie or something like that specific sort of person and that it, there's something esoteric and something weird about it but really it's it's so simple it's you know it's just about being in in the moment most people don't spend any time in the moment and really when you think about it the present moment the now is all that exists you know the future doesn't exist yet the past is already gone, so the only thing that truly exists is now. But most people don't spend any time in the the now. They're thinking about what they're going to be doing next. They're thinking about a meeting later on in the day. They're thinking about what might happen in the future and worrying about that. They're thinking about what they've just said in the conversation previously, or what they did, uh, you know, at some point in their life earlier on. Worrying about, you know, worrying about that and don't spend any time in the present. So that's that's it. That's meditation. Just trying to what might happen in the future to one side and what's happened in the past and just be in the, in the present moment. And it gives you, just gives you that little bit of space between other, other things instead of just reacting to situations, simple things like that, that people think that there's something weird and mysterious, but it's not, it's just a simple practice. And it is a practice. It's like anything else. It's like going to the gym. It's gotta be a practice. You, you, you follow an amazing routine. I mean, obviously you, you, you practice what you um, preach and um, you said you get up at half past five and you meditate this is Monday breathing, Friday. breathing exercise meditate you do your workout then you you drive to work so you get up at half past five even in a freezing day yeah in, in I don't yeah Yorkshire. it's very strange I don't know why I do that it's just something that I'm oh and sad. you have a cold shower yes yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's, a, it's just a morning routine. Morning. It sets you up for the day. It makes you feel better. It makes you, even though it's it's not pleasant doing it, um, you always feel so great afterwards. Um, I, I, when I wake up, I do a thing called Wim Hof breathing. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that I want to get out there as well for people that have not, not heard of Wim Hof. Yeah. Um, so that's, um, I do four rounds of 40 breaths for people that know what Wim Hof is. Okay. 
Now that wakes wakes me up. I yeah. I'm not saying that you need to do it necessarily in this in this order, but I've found that this order is best for me. Okay. Because once you, once I've done the uh, the Wim Hof breathing, I'm awake. Yeah. Then there's there's no way I'm going to go back to sleep. You just you energized and you you're, you're awake. Okay. So then I sit up and I um, meditate for 24 minutes. Yeah. Um, and that's because of a, a guy that I've a book that I've read a few times called Stuart Wilde. Yeah. And he said he does he meditates for 24 minutes and that's for every hour of, of the day. So that's oh, the time that I 24 minutes. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So I, that I do that, and then I go up into my loft where I've built a gym up there, and I'll work out for 35 minutes or so, um, and then I come down and get the cold shower. Okay. Um, which is the most horrible <laughs> part of it. Um, but I think I need to do all this in order to 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 give me the courage to do a cold sh- a cold shower. So all that. And all the re- all the reading, learning, podcasting that you've listened to has made you the podcaster that you are about to start. Uh, that's maybe. I don't know. I really don't know, Nabucco. Um, as I say, this is something I really want to do is, is share share the knowledge that I've, I've, I've gained. Um, and, and, and things like that, even though getting a cold shower, it's, it's people, you know, most people think, Jesus Christ, why would you put yourself through that? I mean, it sounds, yeah. I mean, I ask myself that question all the time just when I'm just about to step into that cold shower. It seems ridiculous, obviously, uh, and it is a little bit ridiculous. But I think to myself, it's, it's as if I've been, I've been doing this for, for quite a long time now, for quite a number of years. It's as if I've been preparing myself and, I'm, and I still ask myself, why, why? Maybe it is for something like this you know putting yourself in putting yourself in awkward situations putting yourself in in doing something that you don't really want to do so I think to myself if I can get step into that cold shower straight into a cold shower um, even though I hate doing it and I'm not doing it for any particular reason well there is good reasons behind it it's really good for you it's it's really good for you but you feel better afterwards don't you you feel great afterwards. Oh, you, yeah. you feel great afterwards. Okay. Yeah, but but okay. I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's after, why you're doing I, I, it afterwards. Yeah. Um, but but it's because I know that it's it's really uncomfortable. So if I can do something like that, that's really uncomfortable, then other things that are uncomfortable might be a little bit easy, easier. And h- has that proved to be the case? When, whenever you don't um, want to do something, I, you think I, about a cold shower in the morning. No, um, <laughs> it's as a graduate. I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? It's um, it's a, it's a more of a gradual thing over a period of time that happens. Um, so you don't know okay. whether it, yeah, I think it might have, yeah. Well, I was impressed by um, all the learning. I mean, you're quite an avid learner. You love learning. And uh, when I asked you to send me a list of your favorite books you know, before this interview, you sent me a list of about 20 books. None of, I'd only known about two or three and I had to look them all up. <laughs> And, uh, and so you're an avid reader, but so I was shocked to hear that when you're a child, you are labelled attention um, deficit disorder. So com- no, I obviously I, the school got it completely wrong. I mean, no, I didn't. No, they didn't label me that. They didn't. They label didn't label me that. Me I, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that label existed then. But I didn't like school. I I I hated school. I hated I hated learning. Um, so, but the think, school didn't discourage you. It was just, I mean. Yeah, I, no, I, um, 
You don't blame just, me. I just, I would, no, no. I, okay, I think I was just, uh, I was just a, a child um, that just wanted to be doing other other things, and I were just wanted to be playing out with my friends and doing okay, and doing okay. and doing other things, really. Right. So, um, and it was I, I didn't come from a particularly um, academic family either, so it, it wasn't like a, like drummed into you to learn it. You know, go to school, get an education, and then leave school and get a good job, sort of thing. That that were that was the, you know, the philosophy where I was brought up in my family, really. Yeah. But and yes, uh, um, so yeah, I, I just, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't like school, didn't, um, I just wanted to leave, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. So you don't blame the school for... No, no. For not encouraging you to go no, no, to further education, um, okay. Obviously, when my daughter started going to school and I, and I probably when she went to a secondary school and I, We'd been trying to get into this or into this particular school, and we obviously went to look around the school, and all the facilities there. Um, they had two labs. The the, the gym was, uh, the sports hall. It was just so much more than than I had at school. And yeah, I can remember th- yeah. I can remember thinking to myself then when I was walking yeah. around that school, thinking I want to come here. I want to be at yeah, the, yeah, the school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. and just and just thinking to myself, what an opportunity that children have got, really. No, but, yeah, but they, but they don't re- they don't realize it. You know, there's all all they all they need to do is go to school and, and and learn. They've got all the food taken care of. You know, all the washing and everything else. They've got a safe place to go back to, hopefully. And all they need to do is go to school and just and just they can learn whatever you know they want. They can focus on whatever they want, and they've got all the equipment and all the facilities and everything else to to do that. But you know. Youth is wasted on the young, obviously, isn't it? It should be the opposite <laughs> way around. <laughs> okay, let me go back to your own learning, yes? All the books on consciousness, spirituality, and self-development. And um, and you did also, so you, you, you had ayahuasca experience. You went on a retreat in Spain for five days and the ayahuasca experience. Why did you do that? And was it scary? Um, yes, it was scary, um, but I've been wanting to do this now, this ayahuasca experience for the last five, six years. Yeah. So I've been, I've been getting ready for this this ayahuasca experience. I I, um, I heard can about you, it. Can you explain to us a little bit about ayahuasca? Because not all of us have. Um, uh, right. Well, ayahuasca, yeah. um, the main ingredient of ayahuasca, the, the psychoactive ingredient of ayahuasca is DMT, dimethyltryptamine which when taken by itself, it can't be, you can't eat it, it can't be ingested because it won't have any effect. So it's got to be either smoked or, or, or in, in, injected, in, injected intravenously. But when it's smoked, um, inhaled, it sends you off on a, on a psychedelic journey. It's the, one of the most psychedel- psychedelic journeys that you'll ever go on in, in your life. They say that DMT, the, the studies now have, have um, revealed that DMT gets released Naturally, in your brain, it's stored in, in what's known as your pineal gland in your, in your brain. And it gets released at birth and at, at death. Um, so it's real traumatic experiences in your life and also maybe near-death experiences and, all, and different and other experiences. There's a bit of debate whether it's released in sleep. But, but that's dimethyltryptamine. Um, so when you smoke it, it takes you on its... So like, basically from anecdotal evidence from people that have taken it and there's been a lot of people taking it in studies as well 
it blasts you to a different dimension or, or whatever it does, but it's such an intense, it only lasts for 10, 12 minutes when it's, when it's smoked. Uh, and then you're back to baseline after 10 to 12 minutes. But it sends you on such an unbelievable journey um, that it's difficult to bring anything tangible back from it. So when you, so ayahuasca, yes. um, somehow in the Amazonian rainforest, in the Amazonian jungle, these, these tribes, these ancient tribes, they've been um, partaking of this ayahuasca for literally thousands of years in ceremonies. Somehow we've managed to get two different plants. Now, obviously they're not chemists, but two different plants. One of them contains the um, dimethyltryptamine, which is, um, I think it's called the shikruna leaf, shikruna plant. So it's the leaf of the shikruna plant that contains the dimethyltryptamine and the ayahuasca vine, it's a vine that contains what's known as a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which, which basically neutralizes this enzyme in your gut, which, which um, stops the, the dimethyltryptamine when eaten being active. So it neutralizes it. So it's called a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. So it inhibit, inhibits the monoamine oxidase. Okay. So they've mixed, they've found a way somehow of mixing these two plants together. So it makes the, the dimethyltryptamine then orally active. So then instead of it being a 10 minute journey where you get blasted out of your consciousness, um, out of your body, yes, yes. It, it, it sort of like spans that particular journey. It makes it more palatable, yeah. more easy to digest and bring something back over like four, five, six, six, six hours. Yes. Um, and there's loads of people now going out um, to South America doing these, these, these journeys, all sorts of people, all sorts of celebrities and, and everything. And it shows you your life in a certain way. And, it sh- and, it, and it, it's, they call the, the actual spirit, they say, that, that the visits you, Mother Ayo, Ayahuasca. Yeah. Now, all my friends and people that know me, if they'd have asked me this seven years ago, they, they wouldn't believe that I would be, even be talking about the spirit of Mother Ayahuasca. I'm yeah. not saying that that, that that I'm actually believing that there's an actual spirit, but but I've I've been on this particular journey and and it's it's um yeah it's an unbelievable thing. It's really mind is. blowing. And what did, what did you see? It's, it's to be honest, in the book, I could be here all day trying to explain it to you, and it, and, it, and 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 I wouldn't be able to to be to be honest with you. It'll take too long to even try and. Okay, and did it change and, you as a person? I think without without a doubt, I think it's maybe one of the things that spurred me on to actually decide to do this because it's been going over in my mind doing something like this for quite a number of years now. To, to How did it that. help you see what you didn't see? Well, what did you yeah what 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 did you discover as a result of that? Well, there was one guy that I'm still in contact um, now, um, a fellow called Billy that lives in Scotland, and uh, we became friends on 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 this retreat, and um, and. After the, we had three ayahuasca experiences. The following you day, you had three like, in the course of five days. Three in the course of five days. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, you have like an integration where you all sit down and, and chat and talk about your experiences and what you, you know, your visions and everything else that you that you saw. Um, and this one particular guy called Billy said that um, he seemed a little bit annoyed about it. They weren't annoyed really; we were just joking. But he was saying, "I don't know what you were doing in my." vision steve <laughs> to, to to me it says um but i was told 
to tell you, just do it. Stop, stop thinking. Just do it. Just do I it. See. Um, and basically, how he interpreted that is just, and obviously, from us talking, is that I do like to talk, um, and I have got all the the knowledge, and I've got everything I need, everything I need to be able to do this. But it's within me. It's all there. It's all there. This meaning podcasting. Well, just everything, whatever it is I decide to, okay, okay. to, to, to do. Um, what, and, and I suppose this applies for every, everybody. You, you, mm-hmm. everybody's, everybody's looking outside of the self for something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but we, we've, we've got everything we need within, within us, within, our, within ourselves. And just basically decide what it is you really, truly want to do if you can find that out. But how do you I'm find just, that out? It's very, I've been trying to find, I've been trying to answer that question all my life, Nabucco. It's very difficult, isn't it? Um, but I think really um, is one good way to be able to find it out is take yourself out of the equation. Uh, because you think you go through your life, you think it's all about all about you. It's about this person you call, I call Steve, you call Nabucco. Yeah. You think it's all about you um, when really it's, it's, it's not about you or about me it's about it's about everybody around you it's about everybody uh, i know this sounds a little bit deep but but it's it is it is true if you can take yourself out of the equation and and you know make it not about you and make it about everybody everybody else yeah and i think that's the way of real you know getting to a realization what it is you really want to do and that's maybe serve other people um, there's and loads did, of did ayahuasca show you what it is that you want to do in that experience? Did you see that? Did you have a it's vision? very, um, I didn't actually, no, I didn't, I had visions, but I didn't actually, there was quite a few people saying that there was one lady from uh, Sweden, they're a very genuine lady. It, her son had actually uh, gone on an ayahuasca journey previously, but had not told her because mm-hmm. he thought that she'd, she'd, um, she'd judge or she'd, she'd prevent him from going. So he came back, and then obviously after he'd had the ayahuasca journey, he came back and he just couldn't lie anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> to his mom. He couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he'd lied to her, basically. Well, he'd not lied to her. He'd, he'd not told her. He'd said it was a yoga retreat, which to a certain extent it was. And uh, and then, so he decided to confide in her and say, look, I'm sorry, I didn't want to tell you because if you're scared, you'd be worried, but I've done this. And so she's like, she was saying this, she was telling us this, that she was, she was nodding and going, well, yes, thanks for telling me. And, and uh, I appreciate your honesty and all this. And, you know, and then she, as soon as he left, that was it. I was on the, on the computer researching this ay- ayahuasca. She's now researched. She says, I researched for like, I don't know, some like 24 hours, 40 hours. So 48 she came hours on this straight. retreat. Yeah. And after she'd done all the research, she decided that, hold on a sec, I'm going to do this too. So she'd already been in one previous to, to, to this retreat. This were a second retreat that she'd, she'd, she'd been on. And uh, she was saying that um, Mother Ayahuasca, she was saying how, how wonderful it was. Um, it was like, but you haven't told me what you saw. You told me what your yeah, friend yeah, Billy I, I, I didn't actually have any, I didn't actually have, what, I've, what I realised after the, after the experience, after the, the, the weeks, the five day retreat is that 
that the ayahuasca, even though it is powerful and it just shows you a lot of things and a lot of it's subtle and a lot of it's um, to be interpreted and everybody gets a different experience, but they always say it gives you, if you're ready, it'll give you what you, you need, not necessarily what you want, but what you, what you, what you need. And what was uh, it that you needed at the time? I think it may have needed, yeah, I think it might have needed um, just someone to say, really, just do it. Okay. Okay. Just do it. Pull the trigger, and uh, and, all, and one of the things when me deciding to to do this this London Real course was um, podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the the video that Brian Rose did, and and he mentioned pulling the uh, pulling the pulling the trigger. Just pulling that trigger. I suppose once that trigger's been pulled, it might could be a gun yeah. to your head. You know what I mean? It's if that, once that trigger's been pulled, there's there's no go, there's no going back, sort of thing, and it took me two or three days to to decide I'd already decided that I was gonna gonna do this I was gonna you know embark on this London real journey I knew that it was gonna be quite intense but I still hadn't pulled the the trigger I had my finger on the trigger okay <laughs> but I hadn't pulled it and then so it, I pulled I pulled the I pulled the trigger but tell me about then you also did magic mushroom afterwards magic mushrooms yeah, yeah. Well, after the, the ayahuasca no no um cool. well the thing was is that that was part of my whole ayahuasca journey as i say i've been procrastinating about doing this ayahuasca for literally five years mm-hmm. uh, i want to say procrastinating it's something that i knew that was going to do eventually i knew that was going to do it mm-hmm. um they say that you have a call and i know that all sounds a little bit weird but i definitely did and i knew that it was something that was going weren't to do, you scared but... that you get your your, your was, mind yeah, might get was... blown out I was terrified to be honest. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, that's why I, it took me five years to do it. <laughs> and that's, that's what's took me on this, this, this journey really, because researching ayahuasca, it all started off on a program called QI. I don't know if you've had a QI with Stephen Fry. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Yeah. Um, well, it basically somebody came up with the question that Jesus was a mushroom or, or came up with the statement that Jesus was a mushroom, which intrigued me. <laughs> was he a uh, mushroom? Was he a mushroom? Well, um, the premise that he was saying is that maybe the the uh, all the the, um, the scriptures and everything else and, and religion as such, um, and the reason why we believe that there is something bigger than ourselves and a God and so on and so forth, and everybody has their own interpretation of this, is through is through the partaking of, of psychedelic mushrooms. This particular one that he was talking about was one called uh, Amanita muscaria. Which is depicted in all fairy tales. It's the red one with the white, the big red one with the white dots on. You see them in all, all fairy tale pictures. And he was saying that um, that ancient shaman and ancient and in ancient rituals and in ancient ceremonies that the, these um, psychedelics were partaken of, and it's that where they call it an entheogenic experience. So that's where religion has maybe come from. So Jesus was born out of. A, a psychedelic experience which which made sense and i thought yeah that's that's so, 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 so i say that jesus really didn't exist but it was a hallucination i'm not saying that jesus didn't exist i think yeah. that, i think jesus the man did exist but um yeah it's it's you know what i'm not saying i'm not saying anything i'm just i don't know that's the thing that's what i, I said to you earlier in the book or I, i've not got my um my foot in any one particular every every angle but what this yeah, man it, said it, about it, Jesus it, and mushroom it, it, i thought i'll look into that a little bit deeper i'll, I'll say I'll, that's intriguing okay so that's 
So that's so I thought I'll look, so I'll do some research in, into this. So you did mushroom, then ayahuasca, but not in the, the same retreat. No, no, I, I it was a five year journey with me and, and um, psilocybin, which is the active ingredient of magic mushrooms. Yeah, I, deci I decided that because um, straight away I started researching ayahuasca because I heard of ayahuasca shortly after that. I started doing research, looking at YouTube videos looking at the, the good side and the bad side, looking at the negative sides and the positive sides, and and obviously knew that it was an intense experience and knew that if you wasn't mentally prepared to do it, then it could be a real shit show, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought, right, okay, then um, psilocybin and DMT, the, the, the chemically pretty similar. Um, and... But psilocybin has got its own mono. It's, it's like a little package. It's got its own monoamine oxidase inhibitor already built in there. So it's, it's just sort of orally active just by eating it. So I thought if I experiment with build my way up on on psilocybin. Before you do ayahuasca. Yeah. And it's like oh, this, has been, this, this has been five years, like over five years. That I've, okay. There's a fellow called Terence McKenna that, I list, that I've listened to a lot of. Yes, I've McKenna. heard of him. Yes, Terence McKenna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he's, he's not alive now, but um, his brother is, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, he had this, what he called an, a heroic dose of psilocybin, which is five dried grams of psilocybin mushrooms in silent darkness on your, on your yeah, own in yeah. silent darkness. And that's what you did. That's what I built my way up to 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 doing eventually. So I thought okay. if I can build my, build my way up to that, then then it'll be then when I. So do, when you said you built up, you mean you didn't go to any retreat to have your magic. No, it was just, but you it did was, it on your own. But I did Glad it. With, doses. Yeah, I did it purposely and did it with intent. I yeah, actually, yeah, I knew I, that. Yeah, I, actually, yeah. I actually fasted for for twenty four hours before. Yeah. I had an intention why I was doing it. I got everything um, set up. I had all my afternoon clear. Um, the telephone was switched off, my door was locked, everybody wow. knew. And, and so I was in my house on my own with an eye mask uh, and just basically... Um, you did it gradually for over five years? <coughs> Excuse me. Yep, over, <clears throat> over five. Wow. So how, what did that teach you? What did that make you see? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long we've got on this um, on this. Podcast, Not much. But... Just, 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 just a taster. Um, well... It's especially in in real high doses. Um, it shows you, or it showed me, that your ego, that this, your sense of self, the you, the, the this, you know, like I say, the Stephen Durkin, um, is is a, is a const is a construct. It is a construct. So when you when you actually go, what's known as when you suffer ego death. That's why some people, if they're not prepared for taking psilocybin. Or psychedelic substances they're doing it for maybe for recreational purposes without doing any research or any having any thought <clears throat> thought about what they're doing before they go into it can have a horrific time you can you feel you literally feel like you're dying unless you're prepared yeah it's such high doses because your ego or this ego construct is is literally stripped stripped away from you right. so it does it does feel like you're actually dying because everything that you you've known is being taken away and and, and just the core of of your being, yeah. Of whatever this is, is however it is. You're the true you, the true core of of of. of it's very difficult to explain. Yeah, yeah. But, but when you go that's, through that's, that's an experience like that, then do you feel free? Does that give you freedom? 
when you know that ego is really just figment of imagination. It does initially, and you'd sort of like do walk around with them. After, well, it's, it's confusing also, but um, but then the ego, it's um, it's a sneaky, sneaky thing. Is the, is the ego, and if you don't constantly keep a check on it, it'll just oh, wheedle it, it wheedle it easily. And it's a, it's a bit it's a bit weird because once your ego starts lessening, things start happening, things start coming to you, your relationships get better, and then your ego thinks that you're something special then. <laughs> So then your ego starts, your ego starts, um, we, you know, taking control again. It's like, whoa, hey, it's very, yeah, it's a very strange thing when you, when you look into it uh, deeply. Um, that book that I mentioned to you um, by Ryan Holiday, The Ego is the Enemy, you realise yeah. that, it, that it truly, it truly is, it truly is the enemy. The ego the is name the name of the author again? Um, the ego Ryan, is the... Ryan Holiday. Okay, okay. You said that's a must read for everybody. It's, um, it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're all they're all they're all must reads. I, I could think of a lot better books, but that's just one that came to mind. Obviously, talking about okay. ego. And let me just go back to um. So, so um, you 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 had a you split so you split away from your wife eight years ago. Obviously, that's a big part of your life, and uh, ever since then you've been on a kind of um, self discovery journey, and uh, you found out that life is all about giving. And does that has that made you a more loving person? Does has that made you more open to say a new romance? Um, it, that's yeah, right. That's a specific question. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I mean, all this deep work on yourself. It has, has, it has made you... me. It has made me definitely a more open person. Um, it, without without a doubt, yeah. And well, open the person. Is, like, does that open you to to? Open to open to, open, open to open to any possibility. I suppose I was a real close person, and, and I had fixed ideas about particular things. Like I say, I was one of my favourite authors was Richard Dawkins, who wrote The God Delusion. I was a complete atheist; didn't believe that there's anything beyond the material realm um, and beyond the, the physical computations of the brain. Uh, all that's changed to a certain extent. I'm still not like all religious and and um, spiritual, but as I say, I've got my feet in both both camps. But um, both camps yeah. about spiritual and religious. About, what, what about yeah, camps? just yeah, about the dualistic and non-dualistic um, real, realities, sort of thing. Um, so, so yeah, so but that has made me um, more open to all possibilities. This nothing's nothing's off the table if, if, if you know what I mean um yeah but also I mean you know a, a lot of spiritual spirit a spiritual journey is also a spirit a journey of love and unconditional love I still don't know what un, un, unconditional love is but I but I think I've become a more loving person but uh and I feel I'm ready for romance which I probably wasn't for for some time right yeah. But, uh, well, I but, definitely but am, but, but I, I, I'm not going to. About... I haven't, I haven't been through a divorce that you have, so, so I, I wonder what your perspective was is now on relationship and love and. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I definitely um, would want to find somebody eventually um, to fall in love Good. with and and, Good. To, and, and, to, and to move on. But at this moment in time, yeah, um, I've just not got time. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, time. 
I've, I'm, I'm focused on this and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to go out chasing. I'm not going to go out looking. And obviously you can't now with obviously this pandemic. And, well, it's, uh, it's nearly over. I mean, uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Over. So yeah. if the if the opportunity present presents itself, obviously, then yeah, then uh, but um, yeah. So I'm definitely open for that. But regarding okay. my my other relationships, because of this lockdown, you're not really sort of like interacting. I don't interact with a lot of people anyway because I work alone and live alone. Um, <clears throat> so regarding have I changed? Um, I feel. I don't know. You'd have to ask people around me if they think that I've changed or become more a, a more loving person or a more thoughtful or, or caring. You feel? Do you love yourself person. more now than before? Um, I'm I'm starting to. I'm That's starting good. to find that very very point, very difficult. I do give myself a, an hard time. Do beat myself up a lot. Okay. My um, last question: When I ask my meditation teacher, um, is there is there such thing as you know? Um, um, I mean. Um, how, I, how can I explain? Uh, love of your life. I mean, I met someone who oh, uh, met his wife. No, no, no. And I, I, um, I, I read about someone who met his wife in a queue in a supermarket. And the minute he saw her, he knew that she was it. Okay. And I asked, I asked my meditation teacher about this. And he said, um, Nobuko, every relationship is transitory. Do you think that? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, when, I mean, you, you, when you when you say transitory, not for obviously not forever. It's it's going to move. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's difficult because they say that. Um, that I mean, love, after after all your reading and listening to podcasts yeah. about self, well, it, and it's soul. What, it's very, what's your conclusion? It's totally subjective, obviously. But they <laughs> say, um, in one respect, but then they say if you're looking at it from trying to look at it from a more objective perspective, that love and um, romantic love. Yeah, is is just a, um, a series of chemicals that are getting dumped on on, 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 on your on your brain. Um, serotonin, so romantic, uh, and dopamine, mainly dopamine. Um, yeah, um, but obviously, as human beings, we, we, we're seeking creatures. We're always seeking. That's obviously what dopamine's there for. And so you're getting a lot of dopamine dumped on your brain when you're uh, in romantic love. And eventually, like anything else, familiarity breeds contempt and those that maybe do stick together it grows into something completely different than romantic love so so yeah i think that feeling of 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 being in in love that feeling of lust that feeling of all the, the things that you get in the honeymoon period of a of a relationship is transitory but I transitory think, okay but i think true love in a deep a deeper sense yeah um I think that's don't think necess that's necessarily transitory. That's that's necessarily transitory. It's not necessarily it's no. Not, that's not, that's not. yeah. That's solid, a solid thing. That's True love that, is solid. That's 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 the core of, of of everything. I think, but I think romantic love is transitory. Okay, right. Lovely talking to you, Steve, and good luck with the podcasting. I'll continue to um, listen to your radical. Trans radical turnaround, yes, because I'm going through precisely that. Yeah, thank I think you. we I think we all are. Thank, <laughs> yeah. thank you, Nabuko. Yeah, thank I, you. I enjoyed that. Cheers. Cheers.